My name is James Gleason, and I want to welcome you to the weekend teaching ministry of Sunrise Church here in Hillsboro, Oregon. Now, Sunrise is a church devoted to being a safe place to hear a life-changing message. And our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so every weekend, we share a message of hope from God's Word, the Bible. Now, if you'd like to know more about discovering and growing in a relationship with the God who loves you, please take a moment to visit our website at www.isunrise.com. Now, from there, you can learn how to connect with the God who loves you. Then you can learn how to grow with others along the journey of life. You can learn to develop a heart to serve the least, the last, and the lost. And finally, you can learn how to lead others to know Jesus Christ on this journey of disciples making disciples. And so now I invite you to follow along with our weekend message as you discover the heartbeat of God. As I was preparing for today, um, I, I was having a conversation with my grandma. I live with my grandparents. And, um, and I was saying, man, I've got another opportunity to preach. And she said, oh, that's awesome. When are you preaching again? I said, I'm preaching on May 8th. And she looked at me a little bit concerned. And she was like, you, you do know what day that is, right? And I was like, oh, I'm about to be the best son ever. Uh, this is a couple weeks ago, right? So I'm like, I'm prepped. I'm like, it's Mother's Day. Oh, I know what day it is. It's Mother's Day. And I'm, I'm expecting her to give me like a little round of applause or something for knowing it's Mother's Day. Um, she didn't. She just kept looking concerned and she said, well, man, my, uh, my pastor tells me that preaching on Mother's Day is like the hardest day to preach on. You, if, you, if there's one day you don't want to bomb, it's Mother's Day. You got to make moms sound magnificent. You got to preach about how wonderful moms are. And if you ruin that, oh, you're, you're in trouble. So then I started to get sweaty uh, because I knew what passage I was going to be going through today. And let's just say that the passage for today has like zero motherly stuff in it at all. Like they didn't throw me a line at all, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm here. I'm hoping that you'll forgive me of this grave sin that I'm committing today by not speaking about mothers on Mother's Day. Uh, I, in fact, do have a mom um, I just so happen to have a mom. I, I actually have uh, a stepmom as well, so if you're counting, that's double points. Um, let me tell you uh, a little bit, a little story about my mom. So my mom, um, one of the things I appreciated about her growing up was through middle school all the way through high school, um, she would take me to school 20 minutes to a school in Beaverton. We lived in Hillsboro. She would take me to Beaverton every school day. She'd drive me. And during these drives, we would have long conversations, we'd listen to our favorite radio shows, we'd joke around with one another, talk about what was important in our lives. And we were pretty good conversationalists. I mean, those, those conversations still come up today, like we'll, we'll reference back, man, do you remember those, those car rides, you know? And we'll look back kind of with, um, what's the right word, nostalgia, those days. 
Um, we almost started a podcast, um, and I'm really glad we didn't because I remember who I was in high school. I'm just, let's, I'm, I'm glad there's no record of that. Let's just wipe that from existence. But yeah, my, that was my 20 minutes uh, a day, kind of like sacred time with my mom. So I, I really appreciated that. And, and then my stepmom, um, Syl, who will be here probably at the second service, um, she, she married in to the family. Um, she, she married in with, with two uh, pre-teenagers. I was a teenager, and my two sisters were pre-teenagers. Pre so that makes five, if you're counting. Um, so it was like a medieval battle without the armor every weekend and with significantly more crying. Um, so God bless her for that. So I, I know how important and how valuable um, it is to have a good mom. So before we go into today's passage, uh, which is not momish at all, um, I do want to share something that Marty Hogstad curated for me to kind of celebrate motherhood in all of its forms today. So it was written by Amy Young. Have a, have a listen to this. To those who gave birth to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experienced loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or a child running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make things harder. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, or spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. And to those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who are single and long to be married, mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way that you longed for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you in the complex paths you walk in. To those who, have em who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we both grieve and rejoice with you. <laughs> to those who placed children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. And so to all the mothers in the room, we're grateful for you here today. So can we just get a round of applause for all the mothers in the room this morning, in every way, in every form. All right. Now we have to move into the non-mommish part of this. So let's head into the scriptures. So you'll remember last week that we started to skim over the book of Psalms. And while all of the Bible is inspired and is important for us as Christians, the Psalms have a special place in the church's heart. They've had a special place in the church's heart for as long as the church has been around. In the New Testament, the most cited Old Testament verse comes from the Psalms. The early monks uh, were ordered to recite all 150 Psalms every week. Every week. Can you imagine that? 
And John Calvin, in, in the Reformation, translated the Psalms just so that they could be sung in his church services. The reason that the Psalms were and are so important is that they bring the life of faith with all of its ups and downs, with all of its victories, its triumphs, and its fears, its failures, into language. The, the Psalms become a poetic expression, uh, an exploration of the relationship between men and God, between mankind and God. And because we find them in the scriptures, they also sit as a guide to teach us how to worship, how to pray, how to confess our sins, how to give thanksgiving in a godly way. In her book, Getting Involved with God, Ellis, uh, Ellis, Ellen Davis uh, says this about the Psalms. Let me bring this up. The Psalms are the best guide to the spiritual life currently in print. They'll likely be on the shelf long after everything else in the spirituality section of the bookstore has gone out of print. Um, today, it's my belief that our spiritual lives stand to gain a lot from soaking in the prayers of the psalmists. So as I was considering how to approach today's message, which will revolve around a psalm that we find at the end of 2 Samuel in an odd place, um, written by David, as I was considering how to go about today's message, I began considering prayer. And I considered that I could say a lot of things about prayer, but then another thought came to mind. There was once a heavy-hitting theologian in the 11th century, about 900 years ago, named Anselm. Anselm conceived of theology and preaching and really the whole of the Christian life as a form of prayer because God is always present with us. Theology, preaching, and any sort of talk about God has to also be speaking to God, because God is always present with us. So today, rather than using the time that I have remaining to preach about God, I thought we'd follow in the spirit of St. Anselm, and we'd use David's words as a launching point for us to speak to God. So I'm going to read 2 Samuel 22 aloud, and periodically I'm going to pause my reading and I'm going to offer a prayer from us here in the room and from those online at sunrise. I want to connect the, the words of David with the hearts of those in this room. And then I'm going to shut up. And I'm going to shut up for an uncomfortably long period of time. I think this is going to be like a new staple in my preaching, is just every time I just want it to be really uncomfortably quiet for a long period of time. But there's going to be a lot of it today. My hope is that you'll take that time, that, that elongated pause, and you'll carry a question with you into prayer with God, and that you'll seek his answer to the question that I'm going to ask you. Together, we'll be seeking God's light and his presence through his word, in and through his word. Um, and so it's going to look a lot like David prays, then I pray, and then you pray. And then we'll come back. David prays, I pray, and then you pray. Does that make sense? All right. Now, I realize that this is a kind of a stretch from our norm. That's why I said that things are going to be a little different this morning. So for some of you, this is going to be really easy to jump into. You're going to have no trouble with this at all. 
Maybe you've done something like this before. But for some of you, this is going to feel a little bit strange, a little alien, a little different, and it's going to take some getting used to. It may even be a little bit difficult for a few of you. It might strain you because you might not be used to praying, to listening for this long of a time. Um, My ask today is that you come along anyways, regardless of where you are on that spectrum, and try to give your best, give your all to this time of prayer. Give yourself over to this time of worship. I want you to use this time to center in on the character of God. And I want, God, I want you to listen for God to speak to you. I believe that for those of you who have ears to hear, God will speak to you. Um, before we begin, I want to hammer down the, t- the context. This psalm actually comes with its own prepackaged context. Um, at the, the beginning of the psalm, it tells us when the psalm was composed. It says, David sang the song to the Lord on the day that the Lord rescued him from all of his enemies and from Saul. So this is a psalm of deliverance. This is a psalm of salvation. Imagine being in the room, listening to David singing this song right after he had finished writing it singing the song. I don't sing very well, so I won't be singing the song. But I wish I could, and I wish I could hear him do it. It'd be great to be a fly on the wall. Um, as we move through praying this song, you'll, you'll see on the screen some time lapses. It's a time lapse footage of some art projects that some of my students put together for this day in particular. Um, specifically for this day, I have four students who are Um, Well, I have a lot of students who are very artistically inclined, but four of them decided to submit these kind of projects to me. So for those of you who are more visual, um, who don't want to just stare at the floor for the next 15 minutes, you can look up here and watch as as these um, themed art projects unfold before you. Um, I'm really proud of their work, and I'm excited to show it to you. Um, And when we go into a time of silence, you're going to hear some white noise come out through the speakers. The reason for that is because we're in a church. There are sneezing, there's coughing, there's an occasional baby crying. These are all part of the the soundscape of the church. But when you're praying, you don't want those to distract you. So it's gonna kind of muffle out the odd noises in the room. So that's why we're gonna have that. Please don't freak out. It's not like a a, a hailstorm or something approaching. All right. And now without further ado, let's begin. We'll begin in verse 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He's my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. He's my refuge, my savior, the one who saves me from violence. I want you to keep those images in your mind of of the refuge, of the place of safety as we pray. Father, let us here in this room trust in you as we would trust in the brick and the mortar found in a fortress. Would you allow us to stand on you as we would stand on a boulder found in the desert, nested in the sand? We want to hide behind you as we would hide behind the shield of a warrior. 
We want to know that we can rest in you as a child would rest in the womb of its mother. Our lives are filled with things that frighten us and scare us, God. But here in this moment, will you reveal to us how safe we are in you? And now comes your prayer. I want you to take this with you in the next few moments, this question. How safe do you feel in the presence of God? How safe do you feel when you're sitting in the presence of God? Now let's move down to verse 7. He says, But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I cried to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry reached his ears. I want you to picture our prayers rising up to God, meeting his ears as we pray now. Father, your son told his disciples never to give up in their prayers. Like a pesky old widow, we are to keep pounding on the door of the unjust judge until he comes out and answers us. How much more do you love us than the unjust judge, Lord? In this room, there are prayers that sit unanswered. In these seats, in these chairs, there are people with lingering questions. We come with our hopes and our expectations and our desires. Our hearts are looking for healing. They're looking for your providence, and they're looking for direction. We stand at the door and we knock, and as a diligent detective, we are seeking you. Our hearts are still struggling, but we hope in your salvation, Lord. Because even a mother does not forget her child's cry. How much more do you grieve the tears that you see on our cheeks, Father? Holy Spirit, will you bring to our hearts our aches and our pains? Bring them to the surface so that we may cry out to you in them. That we may use them to bring forth a prayer for the ears of God to hear. And as you all drift into the next silence, I want you to ask yourself the question, what do you need to cry out to God about? What is it that you wish God would change? What prayer do you wish God would answer? What do you need to cry out to God about?
Now we'll move down again to verse 14. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot arrows and scattered his enemies. His lightning flashed and they were confused. I want you to imagine God as a warrior and I will pray. Father, in a battle, the first shot fired is trivial, but the last shot is the one that determines the victory. God, we believe that you will be the last one to shoot, that you will be victorious. But Paul tells us that our enemies are not of flesh and blood. They're not the people that we see around us. There is no enemy that is a man. They're the demons, the spiritual realm which disturbs us and drags us away. It's the sickness that comes upon our bodies and discourages us. It's the darkness which comes in to frighten us. It's the devil who consistently tempts us. These are our enemies. So Christ Jesus, this morning we picture in our minds our spiritual battles. We bring to the forefront of our minds the place that we are struggling most. Will you remind us in our battling that you are victorious, that you will have the final shot? And as we move into the next silence, I want you to think about where God is in your heart's biggest struggle. As you face your daily battles, where is God in the midst of that? Are you letting him fight for you? Do you trust him to fight for you? Where is God in this? Now I'll move down just a few verses to verse 16. Then at the command of the Lord, at the blast of his breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen. The foundations of the earth were laid bare. I want you to picture God blowing away dark and murky waters as we pray together here. Father, in the same way that you clear the water with your breath and expose the dry ground beneath it, we believe you can blow away our inner darkness and show us what's lurking, what's hiding at the bottom of our hearts. Because you see every part of us, God, even the parts of us that we don't want to see even the parts of us that we don't even know we have. We thank you. Here together today for the blood of Jesus. Because without it, our hearts would continue to waste away in their darkness. Spirit of Christ, breath of God, would you in this moment show us what hides 
in the depths of our hearts. And now I want you to allow the Spirit to draw you into the next pause. And listen for an answer to the question, what darkness is hiding down in the depths of your heart? Now we move down to verse 31. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He's a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God is my strong fortress, and he makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bow of bronze. You've given me your shield of victory. Your help has made me great. You've made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. I want you to bring to mind what you're fighting against as we pray. Father, through your spirit, you have offered us your strength. Through the resurrection of Jesus, we've been set free. You yourself now live inside of us and your strength and your love are at our fingertips. Father, so many of us forget your promises, and few of us remember of the freedom that we've been given. Like David, would you teach us how to bend a bow of bronze against the enemy of our faith? So as we do battle with Satan, will you remind us that we are not alone, and when we're tempted and when we're tested, would you keep our feet from slipping? Here in this room, there are spiritual battles raging on, Father. Battles that have been going on for months and years with no success. As we think about the battles that we're losing, as we pray in the following moments, would you show us how we can win? Would you help us? and by your help, make us great. And as the room falls silent again, my question for you all is, how is God strengthening you to fight the enemy? Are you listening to God as he strengthens you? Are you letting him train you for battle? Or are you trying to do it by yourself?
Now let's move down to verse 44. You gave me victory over my accusers. You preserved me as the ruler over nations. People I don't even know now serve me. Foreign nations cringe before me. As soon as they hear of me, they submit. They lose all their courage and come trembling from their strongholds. And listen for the spirit here. Listen for the spirit. Father, in the same way that David conquered the nations, your gospel will go out and conquer every nation. But our office buildings and our homes, the, place that's, the places that we dwell in, are still ruled by sin, smattered with it. Our government buildings, our markets are overrun with selfishness, with pride, with darkness. Around the world, there are tribes and peoples who have never heard the gospel that will eventually conquer them. And the, in the hearts of those in our family, our friends, the ones we love, are hardened towards your truth. So, Spirit of Christ, will you bring to our heart the names of the lost sheep that we know, the faces of those who have strayed far from God, so that here today we can pray, we can pray with fervency that the gospel would overcome their unbelief. Lord, would you give us names and faces and maybe even call us to proclaim this gospel to those who have wandered far away. And so for our last question in this room, as the room becomes quiet again, listen to the spirit. And I trust that he'll bring an answer for this question. Who in your life has a hardened heart towards the gospel? Who in your life has never heard the gospel? Who in your life is in need of Jesus's redeeming grace? Now let's close out the psalm. We'll start in verse 47 and read down, and this is where we end. The Lord lives, praise to my rock. I want you guys to repeat this with me. Say, the Lord lives. Praise to my rock. That's cool. May God, the rock of my salvation, be exalted. He is the God who pays back those who harm me. He brings down the nations, the nations under me and delivers me from my enemies. You hold me safe. Beyond the reach of my enemies, you save me from violent oppressors. For this, O oh Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. You give great victories to your king. You show unfailing love to your anointed. And listen to this last line. To David, to David and all his descendants forever. I want you to remember in this last prayer that God's love never fails us. 
Father, because we are in Christ Jesus, we are counted among David's descendants. Because we are in Christ, and Christ is the son of David, we will be shown your covenant faithfulness. We believe your love will never fail us. We will praise your name among the nations, God. Let us never forget your faithfulness. And let us love one another with the same love that you've loved us with, with an unfailing love. And I'm going to say hallelujah, and I want you to say amen. Hallelujah. Beautiful. And that concludes our prayer journey through 2 Samuel 22. Thanks for walking with me. Um, I'd like to welcome up the worship team as we wrap up here. My hope is that as we've kind of dipped our toes into the waters of the Psalms, a few of you maybe had a curiosity ignited in you towards these songs of praise. And maybe you'll even bring these Psalms, something like what we've just done, into your own daily walk with God. Or better yet, maybe you lead a group, maybe you lead a family, maybe you lead your spouse, and you might bring something like this into your common worship together, into a small group, into your family, into your quiet time with your spouse. The Psalms bring an emotive imagery, a beauty to the Christian life that not many other parts of scriptures are able to do. And my encouragement to everyone in this room and online is to embrace the book of Psalms as a sort of spiritual director for your, for your heart. Because the words of David, of Moses, of Asaph, of the sons of Korah, these men of God and teachers of old, are there to guide your soul through life with God. In this book, sit these men ready to lead you ready to guide you. And I think you and I would do well to study their words and praise God alongside them. Amen? Amen. As we worship, I want you to channel your inner David and I want you to sing like God is present here in the room with us. All right? Have a wonderful Mother's Day. <laughs>